Now, lesson two, our second vital concept, will be understanding the role of the Bible in marriage. And this is lesson two. Because marriage is by God's design, it must be run by the handbook that God gave us to run it by. And I always use the example uh, of, you know, if I came home and Barb said that the dishwasher's not working right, and uh, she's going to call the guy to fix it. And I say, well, before you do that, let's get the owner's manual out and let's try to look through it. Maybe just a reset button. You know, there's a troubleshooting thing on the back that tells you. And uh, so we go through the drawer that every couple has. It has 9,440 manuals in it of everything you ever bought in the last 40 years. And we cannot find the manual for the dishwasher. But I find the one for uh, the washing machine. I mean, the what did I say? The dishwasher was broke? Yeah, find one for the washing machine. So I say, well, I can't find the one for the dishwasher, but I found the one for the washing machine. Well, how, how stupid is that I can fix the washing machine with a handbook from the dishwasher? Now, true, they both use water. True, they both get things clean. But at the end of the day, they're two different designs. And here's the fundamental breakdown of marriages. And here's where the Bible rule comes into marriage. Marriage is by God's design, and there's a handbook, an owner's manual, that comes with marriage. The problem in your marriage that it has failed or it will fail, or you're going to have problems, is simply this. When you try to run your marriage out of another owner's manual that wasn't designed to fix your marriage, you're going to have problems. And that's the Bible. You know, everybody today wants to run out and buy the latest book on marriage, and that's good. That's okay. But I got news for you. The greatest book on marriage has already been written. It's called the Bible. And these books are great as a supplement to marriage, but they're not good for instead of the Bible. And the key word in the Bible uh, for anybody is the word unity. When a church is unified on the Bible, they don't have a lot of issues to deal with. They'll have petty stuff. You take our church, for instance. Uh, there's times that we've had uh, semi-major issues that we've had to deal with, but it's always been with basic peripheral people. It's never been the core uh, of this church. You always have some issues that will come up, uh, you know, that have to be dealt with, but uh, that usually only comes by dysfunctional people or people who, you know, really don't care about the Bible or care about the church, and they've got some ulterior motive that them set for, for themselves, and, you know, that's not the core of, of this church. <coughs> you know, the core of the people of this church is unified around the Bible, and that will make all the difference in the world when it comes to having to solve problems within a church. And when a couple is together on what they believe about the Bible, and they're in a unity and united, not much will ever get between them. The Bible does two things for you and for me. The first thing it does is that salvation, it sets you apart from the world. After salvation, the second thing that it does, it binds us together with the Word of God. So in one aspect, it separates the other aspect it puts together. Now you can see how the couples that are really mismatched or out of balance and are very shallow will always continually to have issues. 
I've seen couples where uh, the man uh, was a saved man, but he was very weak. And uh, he got hooked up with an unsaved woman. And because he's weak and because she's unsaved, they're totally out of balance. She wants to do what she wants to do. She wants to continue to drink or do what the world does and do all of these things. He basically wants to do what's right, but he lacks the foundation and courage in his life to be able to do those things. So they have continual issues. I've seen it where you had one that was a a, a shaved man who was a weak husband and a very domineering wife. She ruled the roost. And he basically, um, you know, didn't have any say. He was a yes man. He was the original prototype for the Mr. Bobblehead that you see uh, so popular today. The original one was him. Now we have him with everybody. But he's weak. He's a weak husband, shaved. And uh, she's a very dominating woman and a dominating wife. And he does not have the wherewithal to, to, to deal with her. And uh, therefore, she runs the roost. And uh, it's completely out of balance. And they will have problems. I've seen guys quit going to church anywhere simply because the wife could never find a church that she wanted to go to because of her own spiritual problems. And he is so inept as being a spiritual leader that he can't call her and say, look, I'm going to church. We're going to church. You're going with me. So you know what happens? He stays home too. And uh, they, uh, you know, that's just the way it works. Then I've seen them where a guy that got married, a uh, Christian guy, he got out of fellowship with God at some point. He married some gal who was completely unsaved or so far out of fellowship that she'd probably never get back. And then after they're married for four or five years, he wants to get his life turned around. He wants to start doing what's right. She gives him fits every chance, every way he can. I've had several guys come in this church over the last three or four years in that exact same scenario. None of them are coming to church anymore. You know why? Because the wife gave him fits and because they were so out of balance, so out of nothing on the foundation, no, comp- no unity in anything. Doesn't happen. You know, most conflicts and fights in marriage, very frankly, will be stupid over stupid things to start with. Uh, and then they escalate from there. And when you both operate, the husband and wife, because you're balanced on the same principles, which most of our couples, certainly the couples that are here in most part are, when you both operate 100% on biblical principles, you know what it does? And this is the key. It takes the personal he said, she said out of it. Because now you realize that number one and foremost is for Christ's sake. You both know what the Bible says because you both have a good foundation with the Lord. You're both evenly matched with it. So there's nothing in most cases that you can't work out because you already know what the right thing is to do. Now, when you put Christ's sake in the middle of it, it takes your personal out of it, and uh, you let the book and the principles do its work. And what happens is you use the Bible and your own relationship of being equally balanced, and you both love the Bible, you both believe the Bible, you're both on an even keel with the Bible, and now you have the ability through time (coughs) to navigate your way out of every issue by following what you know and what you're supposed to do. When both of you love God and love the Word of God, its principles will override your pride, your childishness, 
or your stupid things that uh, will lead to becoming an escalated issue. Because you're smart enough to know, especially the husband, you follow those three things. You need to be smarter than the problem, you need to be bigger than the problem, and you need to be the spiritual leader in the problem. You give me a husband that will do that, and I'll show you a husband and a wife and a marriage that will build itself as long as they're on the same balance. I mean, you can be that (coughs) all day long, but if she's unsaved, or she doesn't want to come to church, or she's dialed in and she's nowhere with the Bible, the importance of that balance. But the principles have to be applied in your own individual lives first, or it will never work. Uh, The ability to use the tools of marriage, uh, and there's two key concepts in marriage. You build a marriage, and then you have to maintenance a marriage, because it's an ongoing endeavor. When a husband and wife are unified around the Bible, Strife will cease. Psalms 133 verses 1 through 3 says, Behold how good and how pleasant is it for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the beard that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion... For there the Lord commanded the blessings, even life forevermore. Now, there's a great verse on unity. It's good for a church. It's true for a church. But it's also true for, he says here, the brethren. And that's a marriage. And he says the Bible is the sole platform for solving problems. You know, when a divorce takes place in a Christian marriage, it's not complicated. A divorce happens in a Christian marriage simply because either one or both of the people don't want to do what's right. Now, we know that when that happens and you have a person who wants to do what's right and a person who doesn't, wants out of the marriage... There's always things that the person who wants to do what's right could do and should do that they make sure that they get everything that they should have because God will always take care of the person who wants to do what's right. But you have to begin to recognize where you're at, how you got there, and then begin to put some things in your life to get you through that. Now, maybe your marriage will come back. Maybe it won't. Either way. If you want to do what's right, you have to be the one who begins to uh, do what needs to be done. God always takes care of the person who wants to do what's right, if they do truly what's right. And 99.999% of the time, it's because they were out of balance and have no foundation with the Word of God. Marriage today, most people who get married don't even understand what marriage is. They have no clue. When I start to deal with somebody that comes in with marital problems, the first place I go is tell them, do you know why you got problems? You got problems because you entered into something that God designed and you wanted to run it your way and you never recognized what you were getting into, the consequences, the responsibilities, and the accountability that comes with it, and now you're faced with the issues that have come up because you got into something without ever understanding truly what it was. 
you thought it was just living together and getting married and, and going through life and having kids and all the things that marriage brings with it. Much more than that. And that goes back to the foundation. The Bible is the best platform for solving problems. In a church, when everybody's on the same page with the Bible for the most part, then problems cease because two people logically know what the Bible says. The church, as I try to build you, is pretty much on an even keel where you're all uh, pretty much in proximity to the other, at least where you can understand the principles. And so, therefore, when a problem comes up, all you got to do is show them the principle, and they say, yeah, you're right. That's, that's exactly what it is. I, you got it. I'm, yep, that's it. And that's the way it works. And when you get somebody that won't do that, it's hard for them to find allegiance and other people to support them because everybody else knows the book, and everybody else says, no, you're wrong. That's what the Bible says right there. There's where the unity comes in. Unity comes because it's the sole platform of solving problems will be the Bible. And it works between, in a church, it works between two Christians when they have a problem, and it works in a marriage with a husband and wife. You see, he says in Psalm 132, the precious ointment, and that's a picture of, in the Old Testament, how they anointed somebody as king, that they took that oil and they put it on his head and it ran down and go over his head and in his beard. And it was symbolic in the Old Testament of that oil being a type of the Holy Spirit of God. And the importance of putting it on the head of Aaron here and uh, running down on his beard and all through his head and all the way down to the skirts of his garment is a picture of a person who, when they're in the Bible, saved, love the book, the Holy Spirit of God, typified by the oil, starts with their head, and the head of every man is Christ, and then runs down over his garments, and that man or woman is completely encased in the Holy Spirit of God in everything that they do. It covers his head, it covers his chest, it covers his loins, all the way down to his garments. And that's a picture of the healing agent of the precious ointment that allows issues to be dealt with in a right way in a marriage because of the Holy Spirit of God. The greatest, the Holy Spirit of God does so many aspects, there's so many things, but one of the main things that he does is he heals. He heals because he's like the precious ointment. He heals because when there's an open wound, because of a relationship problem, because of a marital problem, because of something that happened in somebody's life, he heals it because it's like an ointment and a salve that he rubs into that wound that has the healing agent to take the pain away and to help it heal quickly. Precious ointment upon the head of Aaron, a picture of the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God for the work of God. When a man and woman get married, two Christians, and this is all about Christians, when your marriage is anointed with the Holy Spirit of God, and you both, going back to your foundation, have the role model in your life of being everything that God wants you to be. And you're basically balanced out together in the Word of God. You now have the ability to solve every problem that comes into your life. Just like this church, 
We don't have any major issues. We have goofy, dysfunctional people every once in a while, but they're not the core. The real church is not the peripheral people who do nothing. The real church are the peripheral people who do everything, or the core people who do everything. They're the stability of any church. And there's never any problems there other than maybe a few petty skirmishes, but there's never any major meltdowns there simply because we're all built on the same foundation, we follow the same principles, we all know what's right and what's wrong, and even when we don't want to do what's right, we still know we're wrong and the book principles are right. And the precious ointment of Aaron is the healing in a church between two Christians and certainly in a marriage. But it all goes back to that foundation. When your marriage is a morning with the Holy Spirit of God, you can solve and heal any problem that may come in, but it takes both. It takes them both being in the same area and the same balance and then working together. There's the end of lesson two. So.